Hi, everybody. Hello. Season's greetings. Welcome to the eighth episode of the Bottom Shelf Book Club and our final episode for 2019. And our one year anniversary. Woo! I'm Nicole. I'm Sarah. I'm Scarlett. All right, guys. If you didn't get the memo in the last episode, we are now in the holiday season, like fully in Mm it. Uh, Today's the first day of Hanukkah. Christmas is on Wednesday. It's Yule. Yes, today is Yule. All of it. Exactly. That's right. And our theme, same as last year, is a problematic Christmas. Very problematic. It's a problematic Christmas that we have in. There's lots of fuckery in the world. Anyway. um. (laughs) Yep. A lot of it, huh? Yeah. The the tales we're going to share with you are um, a little fucked up in all the right festive ways. Correct. From all over the world. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah, because unlike America's really cute, hallmark, polished Coca-Cola Santas, other countries of the world are like, no, Christmas is a time for fuck it, for fucks. Things are fucked up. It is dark. It is cold. We might be dying. (laughs) We have creatures living in the hills. You know, Americans, we have it pretty easy. We're allowed to be happy like in other countries. Yeah, I mean, you're not allowed. Most of our really shitty cold we gave to Canada. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, shout out to America's hat. Um, (laughs) No, our friend from Canada just visited, and I'm like legit jealous. Like he was telling me how you can just like walk into a drugstore and get an EpiPen. Fuck, and it's like twelve dollars, and that's not generic. That's. Yeah, and he had to get antibiotics once, and they were like, oh, sorry, we have to charge you $2 for these antibiotics. And I was like... Oh, my God. He was like, sorry, it's not free. And I'm like, what? What? Yeah, that was... First of all, if I was ever apologized to by someone giving me drugs for charging me money, I'd probably faint and die. Right. And secondly, $2, I'd I'd cry. Yeah, he was saying... uh, I just remember him saying, like... I asked him about socialized medicine. He goes, yeah, I just walk in. He goes, I think I have, like, a whatever. And I go, yeah, you do. And then he just goes, I go down the hall, and I can just pick up my, like, prescriptions there. And then they just start apologizing profusely that, like, he has to pay a minimum amount of money for his drugs. It's so crazy. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, and he's now... He now, you know, picks up, like, insulin for people in the United States, EpiPens, because we can't get that, so... No, because we have people in this country rationing out their insulin because they can't afford it and Mm -hmm. die in that way. Right. So, America's hat, a.k.a. Canada, what's under your hat? All kinds of good shit we don't have in the United States. We're jealous. Very jealous. Ketchup chips. Coffee crisps. Poutine. Poutine. Yes. Really good maple syrup. Yeah. Twofers. If if you need to hear more, again... Canadian Kit Kats. Yeah. Yeah. If you need to hear more, see the last episode about how much we love Canada and their delicious food. I mean, it it just goes on and on, honestly. Yeah. So I salute you, Canada. I do tease you, but I salute you. Yes. Yeah. It's laughing... With you, not at you. It's more like laugh crying because we'll never have it. Exactly. 
So some people do a traditional Christmas spread with turkey or ham or whatever, but um, no, we didn't fucking do that. So we did what Sarah and I have termed um, a Jewish American Christmas. Sounds like my normal Christmas every year. With traditional Chinese takeout. Yeah. Uh-huh. And a magnum of champagne. It is... Oh, it doesn't even say how big it is. It's got to be at least, I want to say, like 500 milliliters, right? Is that a thing? Oh, a 1.5 liter bottle of sparkling wine. A Blanc de Blancs. It looks super fancy. See the Instagram. Yes. And as for our Chinese food, we did fried rice, soups. Chow mein. Chow mein. Egg rolls. All uh, orange chicken, all the usual yeah. deliciousness. The deliciousness that is crappy. And true to form, I ordered it from the Chinese place in my neighborhood. They said 35 minutes. They were here in like 20. It was the best. Killer. Yeah. They yeah. just show up. It's great. Yeah. I love a quick little Chinese restaurant like that too. Yeah. Every yeah. neighborhood should have one. If your neighborhood doesn't, uh, open one. I don't know. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Write a petition. You would be doing everyone a favor. Oh, yeah. My sister, a few years ago, was living in Boston when they had those terrible blizzards and, like, the city was shut down. And she ordered Chinese food, and she called them. And they were like, oh, yeah, we're open. And the guy came on snowshoes over the, like, bluffs of snow. Oh, my goodness. With his little Chinese food in bags. Because I was on the phone with her and she's like, oh, wait, my food's here. And I'm like, wait a minute. Isn't your whole city shut down? She goes, yeah, my Chinese place never closes. Yeah, Caroline gives no fucks about anything. And I admire <laughs> that hustle. That's really something. I just appreciate anyone willing to feed me on a day when, like, everyone else is closed and I'm forced to, like, have to cook for myself. Right. Absolutely. Because, you know. Who's going to plan ahead and go to the grocery store for an appending snowpocalypse? I don't even I don't even go to the grocery store that often like one should. I'll just yeah. You just go down to Murder Mart, get a sub. Oh, I wish I could. No. <laughs> but I do eat a lot of takeout and it's bad and it's bad for me, it's bad for my bank account. I know. Then I do this thing where I try to like convince my boss almost every day to just order the office lunch. And, like, I want to say, like, two out of the five days a week, I kind of succeed. That's depending good. on his mood. But. It's not a bad record. No, but bad. it's just, it depends, and then sometimes, in, yeah, it's, it's just what his mood is like. So, get some Chinese food, get your favorite guilty snack, grab some eggnog, some old wines, some champs, uh, whatever your buckle favorite up. drink is, and buckle up, because we've got... Some seriously messed up tales to tell you about. Who would like to start? Um, I I don't know. I actually came with a story or two. Wow. I think maybe we should have you start. Ah, It's a rare occasion. It is. Is it though? Um, I mean, look, I have my two. Um, My first one is Gryla, who is an Icelandic... Well, I don't know. I've heard her be like a mountain spirit and I've also read she's a gigantic troll with hooves and feet 
and tails, 13 to be exact. Wow. Um, she's always in a bad mood because why? She's hangry. That's why she's valid. in a bad mood. Very valid. And I identify with Carla. Dude, I, I, like, the more I read about her, the more I was like, this lady, she's me. It me. Um, and her favorite thing to eat is bad children. Mm. That's her thing. Now, is it because bad children are just marbled better, like ooh. a Kobe beef? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I would think it's because they're tender, huh? Yeah, I'm thinking like bad children are kind lazy of? and tender. Yeah, like yeah. Fe- that's so fucked up that I use that. Like, but that's what I can only imagine. Yeah, you're right. So, like, I do know that. Um, yeah. She just loves bad children, and she eats. There's this one painting of her that, I, like, when I first heard about her and, like, read about her, it was this great thing. It was, like, this painting. Um, she looks like a nun, right? Like, But maybe it's just because she's wearing all black, and I don't know if anybody... I guess, like, traditional, like, Nordic, like, Orthodox, they wear, like like a habit looking type of garment and stuff so she looks like that and her face is covered in blood and she's holding like a baby on its side and like just chomping into its ribs and it's just like blood it's really metal so that's all like very metal yeah that's all i can think of like and oh, then, and if you have a metal band, we were just talking about the lack of decent Christmas music i would like you to <laughs> me- write me a heavy metal just awesome song about Gryla. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh... I should have seen if there was stuff written, like, songs, but... DM us your SoundCloud. Please. We would love to. We'll put you up on our... Pod. We'll give you a shout-out. Yeah. Yeah. Now, my other favorite thing about Gryla is, um... She's been married three times. Two of her husbands she killed because she was bored with them. <laughs> I can fairly relate, because I feel like I would do that. Yeah. Yeah. I would do that. And then I know she has, like, seven children. Or, no, 13. My bad. They're all boys, and then, you know, they have their own, like, little story that follows with them, too, because they're called the Yule Lads. Oh, yeah, and they're super bad, too. Yeah, they're, like, bad children. They're, like, baby kids. (laughs) (laughs) they don't die they just multiply but like if i recall like they do like do you think gryla eats bad children because she secretly wants to eat her own children why hasn't she eaten her own fucking children anyway sorry i mean there's a few of them like one of them's a peglet sheep fancier his fancying is impaired by his peglet so apparently like from what i remember like brief version of reading about the Yule lads is like so there's 13 of them and they go and they cause mischief throughout the town right but if you're like naughty I think you get like you're supposed to put out like a shoe and if I recall like if you're good you get a potato I don't know if it's boiled or just a regular potato (laughs) and then like if you're naughty you get like 
nothing or like actual lump of coal. Maybe this is where the lump of coal came from. Maybe, I can't recall. Ireland, I think you should embrace this history. You could get more potatoes. Again, see the last episode for and, more and, information. And Irish parents, if you're looking for a way to like give your kids presents that don't cost you anything, this potato thing sounds like a real winner. It's a good loophole. So I'm kind of like just going through like the different types of um lads that there are one of them is called the sausage swiper he's gonna steal your sausage so you better hope it's well hidden uh, oh, another boy. one <laughs> there's a triple x version of that in um, my mind oh yes then there's another one called like the door slammer oh did you fall asleep not for long this guy plans on slamming doors all night so it's like they so cause he's this- also my wrathful mother <laughs> Right. <laughs> the window peeper, he's watching you right now. Oh boy, there's a triple X version. Yeah, that's exactly. Too. How about the door sniffer? That's a kink in itself. What? Oh yeah, that's that's not even triple X. That's a fetish website. Yeah, someone's on fed life thing. right now asking for this. Door sniffer uses his incredibly large nose to sniff through doors as leaf bread, a traditional Icelandic Christmas bread. So he's looking for bread. I mean, that's like me at 3 o'clock in the morning in my kitchen regardless. Like, <laughs> I want, like, a n- anyways. I'm just saying, so there's different ones. A pot scraper, a petty thief of leftovers, i.e. me at 3 o'clock in the morning rummaging <laughs> through my fucking, like, refrigerator. Um, there's a liquor of spoons and someone who steals spoons. So it's just different ones, but, like, it's just, I do know that you do get, like, a potato. You have to leave your shoe out, and I guess if you're good, like, they give you a potato. All right. So that's my one. And then my other one is Frau Peshta, who basically is, like, a Krampus. But I just love the fact that these are, like, females. I love the fact yeah. that they're females, and it's like... Look, act up, get smacked up. That's what this is coming about. <laughs> like, and then, like, the only, like, the abridged version of Frau Peshta is that, like, you're naughty. You're going to get, she's going to split your belly open because she's called Frau Peshta the belly splitter. And she stuffs you with wood and garbage. Like, the garbage person that you are. So, it's really fucked up, though. Well, you know, many years ago there was no TV or internet and it was cold, and it was dark, and your kids had to come in earlier and spend more hours in the day, and you had to do something to regulate. So if you need to make up some kind of evil witch woman with 13 tails and 13 evil children that's going to come and chomp your ass to get your kids to shut the fuck up and give mama some peace, mom's going to do it. Absolutely. It's on the table. Guys, like, I mean... Plus, I think parents, you know, 500, 600, 200, 300, even 80, 90 years ago, it tried to indoctrinate into their children that the world is a scary-ass place. Absolutely. And something could snatch your shit and fuck you up. Whether it was a mythical demon or something else, the world is not necessarily, like, safe and sunshine and roses and all of that. Fear is my favorite part of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Fear of the mall. Fear uh, of rifle. No, you're totally right, though. Because all these tales that were later memorialized into books all carried a message. 
That was、mm. the entire point to teach children to fall in line and not be little shits and to grow up to be good humans. Hopefully.、Yeah. You don't want to end up a donkey at the salt mine. No. <laughs> or with a belly full of wood. Or with a belly full of wood, or just fucking Gryla's dinner. Yeah, man. Just straight up eating. She's、yeah. hungry. Yeah. She eats bad babies. <laughs> like,、yeah. who fucking thinks of this? I, I think, I, yeah, I think parents at the end of their rope were、yeah. like, you know what? I'm going to invent a monster that's going to eat you little shits. Exactly. Now go、and、to bed. She did. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. She believed it and she did.、Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, man. So that's my, those are my like Christmas witches that I love so much. Well, there you go. Nice. Well, not really witches, but my Christmas females. Yeah, Christmas witches. Fuck it. I yeah. think it's great. Absolutely. So building off of Gryla. <laughs> Uh, I am going to tell you all about the Christmas cat, also known as the Yule cat, who, in one version of this legend, belonged to Gryla. So basically, and, first of all, Gryla are, just knows how to give to the community, doesn't she? She does. <laughs> Her whole family, it's one big baby eating fest. Like, from mom down to the cat. Like, you know, they looked around. And they were like, you know what, what lifestyle, what life person, what, what creature is just not being utilized in the food chain? Babies. Yeah. We need to get babies into the food chain. Absolutely. Again, they, like Sarah says, maybe they're just like a veal, maybe they're like a very soft, marbly, tender snack. I could definitely <laughs> say they're probably an acquired taste. Fair. Gryla just, you know. She, acri- she acquired a taste for that sweet meat. It's like the witch in The Witch. Like. Right. That's your opening scene. Spoiler alert. She's mashing up a baby in her giant mortar and pestle. Mm hmm. Yeah, I feel like Roald Dahl got told all these Yule stories and he was like, Absolutely. You know what I should do? I should write some books about this. Yep. Anyway, oh, that's such a good book. So, the Witches. what、mm. is the story of Gryla's beloved fluffy house cat? Fluffy house cat. Well, first of all, I think I'm going to have to put some of the illustrations of the Yule Cat up on our Instagram because they, they are、oh, so good. They are so good. He's like, like a monster cat, isn't like he? We've like, got, a big boy. we've got this cat dragging <coughs> a child back into the mountains. <laughs> we've got. This、yes. cat that's just like a black cat who is as large as a mountain, so on scale. I've seen that one.、Um, so basically, what your cat looks like when it wakes you up at three in the morning. Absolutely. Then we've got kind of a scary fat version of the Yule cat、that's、with、like、a candle on its head. The grumpy cat were the Yule cat. <laughs> yes. This is the grumpy cat Yule cat. Yes.、Boy. Um, we'll have to put these on our Instagram so you all can see it. Yes, I will have, I will put the. The Gryla eating the baby. Yes.、Um, but the basic idea of the Yule Cat, Christmas Cat, whatever name you prefer, is according to the legend, there's this big scary cat that stalks the snowy countryside and eats up anyone who isn't equipped for the cold weather, right? So, what families do to make sure the Christmas cat does not come to their house is they give. 
warm clothing to each member of the family. It doesn't matter if it's socks or a hat or a coat. It's got to be something. And apparently that is the signal that the Christmas cat, Yule cat, should not come to your house. So basically if you're poor and you can't afford something warm, you're fucked. But again, I feel like this was another mom on Christmas morning <laughs> with a shit kid Yes, that somehow Gryla didn't manage to eat. Damn and it. she's like, I knitted up these damn socks for you. These are some mama's hand-knitted in front of the fireplace socks. And little Joey or Ivan or Lars or whatever their name <laughs> is was like, socks, mom? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Socks? I don't want these damn socks. And she was like, you know what, you little shit? Don't take the socks. You just throw those socks away. And Gryla's big-ass Yule Cat's going to eat your ass. That's it. That's yeah. it. I've now invented a Yule Cat to eat your ass. Because <laughs> Gryla eating your ass or her, like, 13 fucked-up children fucking with your life wasn't enough to make you good. Now I've got a giant cat to eat your ass for not liking Mama's socks. Absolutely. No, I, I don't think that's far off that's from the, the truth. That's the I've heard. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, um, <laughs> in one analysis I found online, it was told that the whole point of the Christmas cat is to teach children to work hard and appreciate the gifts they're given by their parents. Otherwise, this cat's going to eat your ass. Exactly. <laughs> there is a poem about the Yule cat by a man named Johannes Urkutlum. I may have completely butchered that. I'm sorry. I don't have the Icelandic dialect in my repertoire. Um, it's like 15 stanzas long, so I will not read it to you all. Um, but I will say this about Icelandic poetry. While each stanza is four lines long, nothing rhymes. It basically reads like general writing. It's it's like you're reading a book or a newspaper article. It's it's not your limerick, it's not your haiku, there's no alliteration, nothing. It's like reading so just reading. What you're whatever. telling me is Iceland is a land of no flair. None. But nothing None. against you, Iceland. None. But I mean to be fair they get to the point. Yes, and, and at the end, they, they go through this whole description of the, the terrifying cat and how he's going to eat you, but in the last stanza, they wish everyone a merry, merry Yule, so there's something to be said for that. Yeah, Iceland, man. There, there is just, there's something about prolonged darkness that I think just, and, and little shit kids, that makes you create <laughs> the, this folklore of trolls and ogres and... Cats and women and kids eating babies. I don't know. I like how they went with a cat, though. Not like a dog, not a mm-hmm. moose, not anything. I don't, I want to say native to Iceland, but I'm just saying, like, not that cats aren't native. I'm just saying, I love how they went with, like, a giant cat. Yep. Like a Maine Coon cat. Like, that's how I think of the Yule cat. Like, a Maine Coon cat with a little candle on its head. Yeah. Well, yeah, to better to see the children that they need to eat with. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. It's scary, it's practical, it serves many purposes. So that is a briefing of the Yule slash Christmas cat. And, yeah, if you're a mother who's listening, who has just about had it with your children this season, there's this (laughs) commercial going around for Walmart... 
I know, I'm sidebar, but this one's no. That's what we're known for. They have all this shit stacked up. It's all frozen, some Disney princess shit on a bed. And the little girl runs in and they like throw a blanket over it and they're like, how's our princess? So clearly this little girl has asked for all this frozen bullshit, right? And mom and dad have dutifully gone to Walmart and gotten it. And she's like, oh, I'm not a princess. I want to be a movie director. And those parents take back all that shit they bought and buy her, like, a Chromebook and, like, a GoPro camera so she can... No! No. Wow. (laughs) We are too far into the Christmas shopping season to change courses. No. You don't change horses midstream. It is midstream, children. <laughs> Whatever you said you wanted in November, that's what you're getting. Exactly. What you circled on that flyer, consider it. But Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I yeah. have not seen this commercial. Back in my day, you went through the Sears Christmas catalog and you circled what you wanted and that was and, it. And then your parents probably went through it with some wine or beer or tequila <laughs> or maybe eggnog. just coffee, eggnog, who knows, <laughs> and probably laughed at half the shit you circled. Because if you were a child with any sense, you knew you couldn't circle all the high-priced items. Right. Because you get nothing. Because here's the thing with parent with my parents. If I had only circled the high-priced items that there was no way I was going to get, that would mean that I would then leave my parents to their own devices <laughs> to find things in their price range, which was not a good plan. No. No. Nobody wants Clarence Barbie. <laughs> Cupcake Baker Barbie or whatever the fuck she will be <laughs> from the clearance and she is of some unknown ethnicity. It's ambiguous. She looks a little Asian, but she has blonde hair and her skin's a little too olive like she's been Good in a tanning bed. And bye. It, you're not wrong though. These that's clearance land Barbie. And if you send a dad without directions into a Barbie aisle, He's going to be like, these Barbies are expensive. $10 for a Barbie, which when I was a child, yeah. was like the going price for yeah. a Barbie. Yeah. And my dad would have seen that ethnically ambiguous <laughs> cupcake baker Barbie <laughs> for 4 to six ninety nine, And he would have thought, Sarah likes cupcakes. <laughs> yeah. What girl doesn't like cupcakes? You'd have to be a monster to not like cupcakes. It's a Barbie. Yeah. She just said a Barbie. There were no instructions. Now, I wanted peaches and cream, Barbie, but I didn't give proper instructions <laughs> by circling it in the catalog. Yep. So now I've got ethnically ambiguous cup. Now, that's not to say that I wouldn't have ended up with cupcake Barbie anyway, because I would have said peaches and cream, and all my father would have heard was some sort of food-based Barbie. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I would have ended up with ethically ambiguous cupcake Barbie. Maybe that's the title of this episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and there it is, folks. Not that being ethnically ambiguous is wrong or bad or anything. No, it's just... We've all seen those toys where you're like, what exactly happened here? Well, and listen, Mattel likes everything in a box, literally. <laughs> Let's, I mean, let's be honest. If if there's something that's a little ambiguous, they put it out, but they don't quite advertise it the same. It's, no. 
No. It's no. not on the commercial. It's not on the front cover of a toy catalog. Yeah, no. It was the Barbie yeah. that someone made and messed up. Fair. That Ouch. could be. I mean, Ouch. I know. I know. Yeah. I, know. I mean, it, it's happened. There were some terrible Barbies when I was a kid. Yeah. There, there was really McDonald's were. worker Barbie. I remember that one. I remember that one. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what else. Well, and then there was that weird knockoff Barbie series called like Our Family or The Heart Family. Yes. I, I swear that those. one was uh-huh. made by some sort of religious group. Yeah. Because the mom Barbie came pregnant. Yep. Yes, I remember. And it had the little baby in the belly and you just snap off the stomach. Oh, that wasn't a Barbie? No, it came in a set and it was like the Hart family, but mm-hmm. it was like H A R T. Yeah. I will have to Google for these. You know, I'm sad they don't make Skipper anymore. They don't make Skipper anymore? Not that I've seen. I haven't seen a Skipper in a long time. Well, who's Barbie's little tag along sister? I don't think she has one anymore. I mean, I, I don't personally what... am the Skipper of my family. I'm also the Jan. Shout out to Philip Glass. <laughs> Or is that Philip Glass? I do that every time. It's uh, George. George. George Glass. <laughs> Philip Glass, I think, is a composer. Yikes. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, there was a lot of bad toys. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always yeah. had the color-changing hair Barbies. Oh, I liked those. That's nice. I had Golden Dream Barbie. Which one was that one? She came in an all-gold jumpsuit. Yes. Nice. And she was super tan. Super tan. And uh, she had like multicolored highlighted hair in yes. gold. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she was the kind where the arms were like yes. stuck yeah. out. And like her hands and her thumbs were like a certain Yeah. Way. So she they- could basically always hold a box. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a reverse right angle, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. The, re- the right angle Barbie, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had one that I loved was Mermaid Barbie, but. Here's the thing. She was tan with a pink tail, and she would like it would like flutter in the water, and her hair would change different shades of pink, like when it was dry and wet. But this was the best part. Okay, mm. she had a crown on her head, and it had like a tube that connected to this pump in the shape of a shell, and it would squirt water like. It was great. So cool. But my favorite part, I just remember her hair was like this like very light cotton candy like pink hair and it had like little highlights of like translucent like translucent tinsel. Mm-hmm. It was the best. She had like sparkly pink I feel like hair. I'm hearing your new Halloween costume. I mean, I don't know if I'll be a mermaid, but I do want a wig like that. Well, I want to yeah. wig up the crown thing so you can shoot water at people. Oh, that'd yes. be great. That would be great. But like, hey, asshole, what if we can like rig it to where it can like fall into people's mouths and I just have like booze? That would work too. Hey. It's a new sassy Barbie. I this always- is trademark. Don't take my idea. <laughs> don't steal it. I always got the holiday Barbie every year, which was, like, the thing I looked forward to, because she always had, like, a big, big puffy dress, and, yeah, and I was told, oh, you gotta keep them in the box, because they're gonna be valuable. No, they really were. This is how I paid for (laughs) college books my freshman year of college. Got that, cashed in on that holiday Barbie money. Because I had them going way back in the 90s. I had a holiday Barbie, I think, from 1990 in like a hot pink huge dress. And she came with an ornament. Yep. Ooh. Uh Uh-huh. 
I've got a clueless share Horowitz Barbie still in box if anyone's interested. Oh, I wow. also have West German Barbie. No, not German Barbie. <laughs> West German Barbie from 1986. Amazing. Oh, and I have an Elvis uh, Heartbreak Hotel in his box still. Sweet. Oh, nice. Yeah. With his little acoustic guitar, and he's in his, like, ha pose. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just saying, but yeah, I did Oh, and I think I still have my Beatrix Potter Barbie. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Does she have, like, a little goose or something? So she had, like, a little dress, and on the apron it had Peter Rabbit, and it came uh-huh. with the little book version of Peter Rabbit, mm-hmm. and... It was like a thing. Mm-hmm. Well, because I personally think Beatrice Potter is a really cool person. So. Oh, I love the hedgehog stories. Those are my favorite. Well, you know, she took all of her money and bought up farmland so it wouldn't become industrialized, mm-hmm. and then gave it back to the state of Eng- to the country of England. Oh, which is why when you watch all those great English period dramas, there's all this beautiful like countryside and stuff. It would have all been Crap. basically paved over. Had Beatrix Potter not preserved mm-hmm. so much of the land. That's awesome. And then she would rent the farms back to the existing families that lived there so they wouldn't have to leave. Oh, that's awesome. My mom painted this big watercolor scene from one of the Beatrix Potter books of a little mouse standing on a stool, like cooking a, some kind of something in like a great big tall soup pot. And it is so detailed, and I loved, I love those illustrations. Like, they were just so cutesy and quaint, and yeah. I wonder uh, if that's Mrs. Tittlemouse. I think it is Mrs. Tittlemouse. She painted it when she was, like, 11. I, wow, I, none awesome. of that artistic talent passed to me, so I'm like, <laughs> wow, this is great. That's awesome. I yeah. just had fun always, like, uh, getting them, like, rented is it renting or like just putting getting the loans from the library because you know they're mm-hmm. like these little books like they at that age like you they're easy to read now when I got the Barbie my aunt thought she'd be like this whole do this whole nostalgic thing where there's that big old compilation book of mm-hmm. all the stories so it's like a fat thick like a textbook basically. yeah yeah that I still have and I just gotta find the Barbie somewhere but I do have. Yeah. Very cute. Yeah. But yeah, Beatrix Potter definitely went out on a limb and did her own thing. That's dope as fuck. Because her parents didn't support her illustrations, didn't support her little stories. Mm -hmm. And she ended up being like one of the richest people ever. Suck on that, mom and dad. (laughs) But then she didn't hoard her money. She basically gave it away and helped out people. So Yeah. Good for her. Women are awesome. Sometimes. Sometimes. Fair enough. And I apologize, I have a bit of a cold, but my story it comes from a book I got from my aunt, Jane, who's no longer with us, but it's called Ghosts for Christmas. It's edited by Richard Dalby. It's a compilation of Christmas ghost stories. Yes. And one of the very first ones um, is by Charles Dickens, and it's called The Story of the Goblins Who Stole the Sexton. Uh, this story, Love speaking it. of Yule cats, uh, Chester has bounded upon the table. Uh, Chester is my old man cat who is covered in drool because he has mouth cancer, but still spicy. Still spicy. Very picante. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hot and spicy. Mm-hmm. He is, uh, a sassy little minx. 
I took him yesterday to get groomed because he drools so bad he's having trouble keeping clean. And the poor lady that groomed him actually said that he didn't even want to be touched. And that, as she put it, quote, Chester does not enjoy being groomed. (laughs) So... You tell him, Chester. My older sister likes to joke that Chester has a strong pimp paw. He does. Because he has smacked most of my friends, silent hissed at nearly everyone, and he's currently sitting on the table basically giving a stink eye and thumping his tail. Yeah. Yeah. I'll post a picture of Chester on the Instagram. So this story by Charles Dickens actually originally appeared in the book, um, The Posthumous Papers of the Pickwick Club. Um, Oh, it was chapter 28, which is the name of, I guess, the chapter in the Pickwick Papers. I tried to read the Pickwick Papers, and ooh, that's Mm -hmm. a dry read. Yeah, it is. Bring some water, because <laughs> it's, it's dry. I it mean, really is. Of, is it a thick, is it a thick read? Also? Yeah, it's pretty thick. Yeah. I remember my uncle's wife, not the one who gave me this book, but my uncle's wife uh, said that was her favorite Dickens book, Ooh. and she gave it to me in high school, and I just remember thinking... That was a prank. That was a mean prank. She must yeah. be super boring if this yeah. is her favorite book, yeah. because there are better Dickens books, mm-hmm. in my opinion. There's probably going to be some hate mail from a Dickens scholar. Bring it on. Yes! We want to see it. <laughs> um, so this book is also sometimes... This story, it's only ten pages. It's only like... It's very short. It's like ten pages long. Um, this story is also sometimes considered Dickens' like first draft for the idea for A Christmas Carol. Hmm. So basically, it's Christmas Eve. And a grave digger, um, a sexton and a grave digger. So I don't know if a sexton is a grave digger. I don't know what a sexton is. Someone who does something with the church. It is. A sexton is a grave digger. Okay. Oh, so I was right and you told me I was wrong. No, there's no grave robbing. <laughs> Did I say grave robbers? <laughs> yes. I meant to say grave diggers. He's the, okay. Okay. By all means, so, ma'am. Basically, it's Christmas Eve, and the gravedigger sexton, Gabriel Grubb, has to go dig a grave. Okay. So Gabriel Grubb gets his shovel, gets his lantern, gets his wicker bag, basket, bottle of hooch, <laughs> and heads off. Do, do, do for it's the gotta graveyard. It's got to keep him warm, man. So on his way, he sees people making merry and singing songs about Christmas. And he can, all he can think about is that they're annoying, basically. And then he just thinks about, like, pestilence disease befalling them. So, you know, he's a super chummy, fun dude. Positive guy. <laughs> and so that's on the main road of town. Then he gets to the, like, turnoff road for the graveyard, which he's looking forward to because it's usually, like, gloomy and abandoned. So it's completely his jam. It's where he wants to be. But he gets turned off like down that road. Sounds like something I do. He starts off down that road and he encounters a little boy who is singing Christmas car- songs very loudly. And this annoys the shit out of Gabriel. He pulls the boy aside and whacks him on the head with the lantern a few times and tells him to basically keep it down. Something I'm going to do when I'm at Disney World to any married child who gets in my way. <laughs> you won't see a lot of married children at Disney World. They're all going to be tired. Dope. Okay. Uh <laughs> 
anyway, um, so he finally gets to the graveyard, and he's got, like, the grave is, like, half dug. And he gets it into the grave, and he just starts continuing to dig for about an hour. Then he kind of gets out of the grave to stop and take a break and drink. Does a little drinking. Like you do. As one should. He hears, he's, like, muttering to himself, and he hears, like, what he sounds like is someone repeating him. And he's like, oh, it's the echo. But then he looks over, and there's a little man in a wee pointy hat, very pointy hat, sitting on the grave. One like of the your gnomes? Yes. Oh. Sitting on one of the gravestones, mm. and he's basically mocking him. Okay. And he's like, you know, kind of like, he's a goblin, basically. Yes. And he's basically mocking him and insulting him. And he, he's like, what the hell? And then... Um, at one point, the goblin guy calls out, like, a legion of goblins that spill out of the church and are described as leapfrogging yes, over the just, the, like, the <laughs> They're, like, waiting for him to just call upon them, like... Yeah. Yes! Yeah. So they're, like, leapfrogging over the gravestones, and then they're kind of, like, dancing around and doing a bunch of stuff, and then eventually they suck him through the ground into goblin land. Damn it. Like the goblin's lairs. Love it. And they kind of like insult him and like dance around and sing song at him and like basically mock him. And then it's described as like he looks over at a wall and like a pink haze disappears and he sees a tableau. Okay. Is it Jareth the Goblin King? You wish. (laughs) Okay, sorry. I'm so sorry. I wish David Bowie showed up twirling around a globe. Mm -hmm. With that, like... One-handed. With that cock sock in his, like, yes. I feel like David Bowie was like, I will make this puppet movie. (laughs) But I want everyone to know I'm packing. Yes! You're going to put me in white, motherfucker, of all colors? I need the biggest bulge possible. Right. Right. So, anyway, so the Goblin King um, is kind of like walking around and he keeps poking him in the nose with his pointy hat and it hurts. Anyway, then the pink mist clears and there's the tableau of like a mother and children sitting at a table. And they wait, and then the father comes home, and he's, like, tired, but they're all happy, eating their dinner, and the kids are all cute, and then, then that ends, and then the next tableau comes up of the parents being very old, but they're, like, content and happy as they die, because they lived a contentful, happy life. Army Gabriel's kind of moved by all of this. But then the story, I felt like, kind of took, like, a weird change, because... Gabriel's kind of like, man, all right, yeah, I guess you could do life like that. Do you, booze? Chester, are you just going to slime everything? Dope. Anyway. Um, he did. Oh, it's okay, though. You can throw it out before you go. It's okay. Chester has slimed a bag. And now he's sliming my Your white claw. claw. I'll trade you. No, it's my cat. I take the cat slime. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was so sick. Anyway, so then this is where the story takes a weird turn. And they're like, okay, Gabriel, I don't feel like you're reformed enough. 
So the Goblin King just like kicks him really hard in the back of the leg. And then all the other goblins just start kicking him and they basically just stomp him. They jump on his back. They kick him. He is just getting his ass kicked. And then he realizes he's above ground in the church grounds. And he's like looking around. And it's, and it's the way Dickens describes it. It's like as if he'd never seen the world before or whatever. Some nonsense. <laughs> but then the goblins reappear and stomp him again. So he just wow. got jumped by a bunch of goblins. Legit. And then he passes out on, like, a black slab, like, above-ground <laughs> grave. Was and he digging his own grave? No. Oh. And wakes up in the morning. The bottle of alcohol is empty. Fuckers. But, and, and at first he thinks maybe he dreamed it because he just got drunk. But then he's like, ow, I can hardly move. Mm. But he gets up and he feels as though he is a reformed man. Okay. That's a way to feel. So apparently, if someone's really a prick, what you need to do is summon some goblins to stomp them. And so he turns to go back toward town, but then decides he can't really live a reformed life if he goes back to a place where everybody knows that he's a dick. So instead, he turns and, like, walks out of town, and no one sees him for ten years. And then ten years later, he comes back an arthritic old man and retails the story, having lived, like... A life of virtue and not vice. So he found... Yeah, and basically the goblins came and stomped him because he was just being a crab, digging a grave, and drinking alcohol on Christmas Eve. Um, rude. None of their business how someone (laughs) wants to spend their fucking Christmas Eve. I actually think the story, no offense Dickens, pretty weak sauce. It doesn't make a whole (laughs) lot of sense at points. It's not particularly well written. Mm. And I see where, like, the threads of A Christmas Carol are there. Like, you see a different life, and there's redemption, and you change your ways. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't get how what Gabriel went through really would result in the end of the story. Right. So that's Dickens. Basically, you get jumped by goblins at Christmas Tale. Well, holy crap. Merry fucking crisis. So goblins are basically (laughs) hood. They are, apparently. Oh, yes. Guys, sorry. Uh, Quick break. Sorry, Sarah. More champs. We're going to finish this one point. Oh, no. That was the plan. Did you like some more? Yeah, I'll take more. So anyway, that's the story. Um, Seems kind of problematic to me. Hey, kids, gather around the fire while I tell the story of Gabriel Grubb, the guy who gets jumped by goblins on Christmas Eve. Your typical wholesome Christmas fair. You know, I do, I must say, I do enjoy, because I can't find any problematic Hanukkah stories. Like I mentioned last year on our very first episode, the only problematic thing about Hanukkah, I mean, I guess, like, okay, we were, like, you know, fighting, I want to say it was the Greeks. Was it the Greeks or was it the Romans? I'm so sorry. I used to know this, but a part of my brain is just... It's another story where the Jews are getting chased by someone. Of course. And, you know, Hanukkah is great and all, but presents only came after, you know, America said, you need gifts for the holiday. And I will always, always repeat myself when it comes to this, 
Louis Black said it perfectly in that bit that he has. Hanukkah is a going back to school holiday. <laughs> you stop at the fourth night. Like, it kind of dies down at the fourth night. You get socks, pencils, maybe some erasers, and that's pretty much it. So, that's pretty grim in itself. Yeah. So there aren't some, like, baller, my sweet 16-style Hanukkah gifts the kids get? Fuck yeah, there are. There isn't some shithead Hanukkah kid getting the $300 Lego Star Wars Death Star? No, there is. It, Someone's getting it. Someone who wants it want, get, is getting it. Yeah, and do, no. like, the other Jewish children hate that kid? Maybe, they, unless they got the same fucking one, but I the, probably... The ones that are just getting socks and pencils look over and they're just like, oh... Oh, you get the Lego Death Star. Pretty I much see how it is. I'd Must be, be that nice fucking to be kid. Rich. I'd be mm-hmm. that fucking kid because, like, Nicole was like, "Oh, what are you doing for Hanukkah this year?" Same shit I do every year for Hanukkah. Nothing. <laughs> like, I know, prom- it's getting to be sunset. Do you need to get home? Oh no, Martha's got the the candles on lock. She's good. She brought out the menorah last week. She polished it. She's got the. I've seen Hanukkah, and it's not been hot recently, but I don't know why the fucking candles have been in the fridge this whole time. So, hmm. she's got candles set. I don't, I don't know. Now, I always did have a question, because I me. know the story of Hanukkah involves lamp oil. Yes. Were original menorahs, like, lamp oil? So, there wasn't a menorah. What it was is that they had only oil to last one night to keep... So, how did it become the... So, the menorah was always candles just to commemorate the eight days. Right. Okay. Yeah, but the oil lasted for the eight days, so we celebrate the miracle of Hanukkah. Right. Right. And, I mean, the only really, like, fun thing that comes out, I guess... Like, you're supposed to eat greasy foods, Right. Like, they have jelly-filled donuts, and latkes are the, like, main. But I eat greasy food, like, every day of my life. So, I keep the spirit alive every day in my little non-existent heart. Like, I don't know. But, yeah, that's what it was. The oil lasted for eight days. And so that's why they light... How does the song go? I don't remember. But, like, it's just, you light the one, and... Right. You use the middle one to light them, You right? use the middle one. The shamish. Hmm. It's called the shamish. Yeah, they taught us one Hanukkah song as kids. Who cops of Hanukkah? Oh, I wish. <laughs> this is probably written by some Christian guy. <laughs> well, just so you guys know, a lot of your favorite Christmas songs are written by Jews. So, suck on that. Oh, somewhere I've totally got Totally believable. Suck on... <laughs> Somewhere I've got one of my prized percep- per, uh, possessions, the Barbara Streisand Christmas album, because Ooh. nothing says Merry Christmas like a Jewish person singing Jingle Bells. I'm telling you, I'm trying to think which ones were. See, I, I mean, my, wasn't Irving Berlin Jewish? Yes. Okay, yeah, I think he wrote White Christmas. He did, and then the Jingle mm-hmm. Bell Rock, mm-hmm. and uh, I think Rocking Around the Christmas Tree, maybe. I don't know. There's quite a few. Maybe even Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. My no, mom was written by the guy who owned Montgomery Wards. Might have been Jewish. Look, I just know my mom will be like, she loves Christmas music. She loves 
So like, does she want my Barbara Streisand record? No, she does not like Babs. She's one of the Jews that does not. <laughs> she's of the like Jewish sect that does not care for Barbara Streisand. So she saw Yentl at an important age and was like, fuck that bitch. She was like, absolutely not. Right. Um, hard pass. Mm, very hard pass. But my mom enjoys Christmas music, like certain songs, because... I had it on shuffle the other day, and she's like, I hate this song, next. And I don't even remember right there. But she likes to go, oh, I love this one. Did you know this one's written by a Jew? So I don't know anymore, because I hear the same spiel every year. Mm-hmm. Every time the season is upon us, I don't care. And I just go and do whatever pagan ritual I can outside of the house. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is my house. However you need to survive the season, kids, do it. Yeah. And if your kids are real bad, we've given you some Icelandic tales. Yeah. You have Frau Peshta, you have the Yule Cat, you have Gryla, you have her 13 Yule lads. Hell, if they don't even know about Krampus, that's a fun one. Mm-hmm. That's that's St. Nicholas's, like, you know, naughty list. Provider. Yeah, and in France, it's like a, a, a husband and wife that butcher children. Oh, shit. Oh, and, and uh, Sarah found the Italian Christmas oh, witch. Bafana? I think I'm saying that wrong. Yeah, she's just like a witch who flies around, dropping off. Mm-hmm. See, in Italy, they don't rely on a fat man to drop off presents. They're like, he ain't going to make it. You need to get something done. We got to send that woman, that yeah. Christmas witch. I love it. I love that you can't be merry. It's great. No. In much of the world, merriment is like a meh. Mm-hmm. I mean, having been to like Germany and Eastern European, I can t- I, Europe, I can tell you, they're not, they're just like, the shoe's going to drop. Merriment is a privilege. <laughs> I mean, yes, it is. Thank you for that. Thank you for like, dropping that knowledge look, on us. We're going to ratchet, we're going to, you know, scale down our joy. Yeah. Joy? What's that? What is joy? I have about 2.68 hours of joy allotment for the year. I'm not going to spend it all in one shot. Fair enough. Mine go so in increments of five minutes. So, the, you know, the Eastern Europeans are like, so I got 2.68 hours. I'm not going to spend all of that on one day. I no. got to dole out those little crumbs of joy. Spread it out. I got to leave those breadcrumbs to go back and find myself. Shit. Yeah. I mean... Good for you if you're happy around the holidays. But, hey, if you want to be salty and, like, just whatever, feel free to write in. We're here. I'll be available. Um, Oh, yeah. We were also going to discuss, like, the worst Christmas movies. Yes. Yes. So, I mean. Sarah's the winner on this one, guys. All right. I'll go with my championship Christmas movie. You can see it on YouTube. It's horrible. I recommend heavy drinking while watching this movie. (laughs) Can you play a drinking game with it? Oh, I am sure. I think one of the characters says golly a lot. Shit. It is called Snow Globe. It is from 2007. It was originally aired on ABC Family as part of the 25 Days of Christmas. 
Um, it stars Christina Milian, who I don't know who that is, Josh Cook, Matt Kessler. She had a song with Ja Rule back in the day. I barely know who Ja Rule is. I know he was in the sex tape with Big Ass, and now we have the Kardashians. No, that was Ray J. Ray J, Ja Rule, <laughs> I don't know. Ray J is Brandy's little brother. Ja Rule was the one that had beef, I think, with 50 Cent. And... Continue. Look, Ray J. I still kind of personally blame (laughs) you for the Kardashians. Okay, I don't know. There's big ass, the fat one, the bitch one, the mom who I think thinks she's one of the kids. The fat one lost weight, and then the model ones that are also one's a model. The the Jenner. I don't know. There's too many of them, and then there's the boy who's sad. But let's be honest. Like, she, we don't mean to call the fat one the fat one. I don't know. That's how the media portrayed them. There you go. There we go. Which is unfortunate. I just don't need to hear that. It is what it is. We're good feminists. Whatever. The Kardashians are worthless trash people. Fight me on it. <laughs> here, um, here. I mean, chin chin, everyone. Chin chin. <laughs> so anyway, on Snow Globe, basically this girl has kind of like a meddling family. But she works for them and lives in the same building with them. And I'm like, if you are so fucking annoyed by them, maybe mm, move out of your building, find a new job. For example. For example. There are better ways to handle this problem than being gifted a magical snow globe, looking at the little village in the snow globe and wishing to be in it, then falling asleep and waking up in the snow globe. Where you encounter the inhabitants of the snow globe, who are all, like, not smart or sophisticated, because they live in a snow globe. (laughs) They don't understand anything about the world. Then trying to make one of the characters into your boyfriend, and (sighs) the way the actor plays him is, he doesn't come off so much naive as he comes off developmentally disabled. So basically, in the movie, she's hollering at a developmentally disabled man. Meanwhile, her perfectly normal neighbor is, like, trying to date her. And here's the best part. He keeps bringing her pizza. Just at least three times he offers her pizza. And I'm like, shit, I would date the guy who was like, I brought you a pizza. I'd be like, I'm in love. I might entertain this. Hold on. You can at least get some sex out of me for bringing me pizza. Yeah, no, no. It doesn't hurt having, (coughs) dating someone in the food and beverage industry. I'm not going to lie about that. It doesn't hurt to date someone in the food and beverage industry. No. Because when they say, hey, do you want to have dinner at the restaurant? Yes. Yeah, that's how I survived living in New York, guys. I went on dates specifically for the free dinner. Right. So pizza? Every, yes, pizza. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and then at one point she has to go to work. Oh, at one point the snow globe guy escapes the snow globe into the real world yes. and he becomes even worse. Oh my god. And then she has Pizza Dude watch him and the whole time Pizza Dude's like, this is for real, your boyfriend? <laughs> but then he somehow still ends up with her and then she sends Snow Globe Guy back and then it's all, you know, it's ABC family it's garbage mm-hmm. but this is terrible yeah. this is the story of a woman who doesn't want to date a man who brings a pizza in favor of a developmentally disabled man there is nothing wow. realistic about this film 
You know what? Uh, Some little girl out there saw. Was this made in the ninth? No. 2007. So, oh, I was already out of high school. Okay, so, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, someone of that time thinks that that's a thing. And I don't think he's supposed to be developmentally disabled. I just think the actor is really bad at acting. And, and he was supposed that. to be naive, and he just comes off disabled. Oh, God. Well, I'm not going to lie. I kind of want to see it now. Um, I did a quick YouTube. Google. Yep, that's what I saw. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can watch, like, the whole hour, but if I, like, scrub to the, I don't know. Maybe, maybe with enough alcohol you could make it. And maybe while, like, packing or something passes. Okay. Yeah. Not, Fair. like, just sitting in front of the Although dog. my younger sister did point out that one time when the guy brings her pizza, it's a personalized pizza, and she's like, <sighs> I would be mad. You bring me pizza, you bring me a large. <laughs> correct size. <laughs> None of the small, medium crap. <laughs> that's a fair enough, like, thing. It's like, yeah. you can afford, like, I don't want a pan pizza. I don't want my own. Like, I want my own large pizza. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she's just trying to make the point that ladies don't want a lady size pizza. No, we right. don't. We want a standard size pizza. I want whatever the fuck. It's going to make me feel good. Like, I want to wake up to a slice of pizza when I roll over the next day. That's what I was going to say. I want the option to have cold breakfast pizza. Duh. Yeah. We all like cold breakfast pizza. She also told me a horrifying story about being invited over for pizza and movies at some girl's house in college. And the girl made a single Mama Rose's pizza for four people. No. And I was like, did you, like, flip the table? Like... She was like, no, but I got Del Taco on the way home. Yeah. No, I hate leaving people's houses hungry. Yeah, and don't come at me with some single Mama Rose's pizza. No! See, how did we do... We did it last year. How did... With our second episode or... One of our first episodes, we had, like, two or three different pizzas. Right. And, like, mm-hmm. different chicken nugs. Like, we like variety. Yeah. I need a bar for every one. Grazing is important. Yeah, and we yeah. don't wear corsets anymore, men. Mm-hmm. So we eat. Yeah. Fuck that. The ladies didn't used to eat before because we had constricted our stomachs to the point that we were basically all on gastric bypass surgery all the time. Mm-hmm. Lies. You know, we threw out the corsets and we were like, now we can finally eat all the food we Yes, want. exactly. Anyway, so what were your terrible movies? So, in 2018, a bastardized remake of The Nutcracker came out called yes. The Nutcracker and the Four Realms. It had Kira Knightley in it, for those of you who may or may not remember it. She was um, in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. Caribbean? Caribbean? Now, I love the Nutcracker, and yes, there is a part of it where, and we just finished we this just bottle finished of champagne, We just finished a liter and a half guys. of champagne. Now it's time for the vegan... Chaka Tacos! Yes. Uh, the Nutcracker, I will admit, is a trip. Clara goes into all these realms with the Nutcracker once he becomes a person. I'll get, I'll give it to you. It's, it's based in fantasy, right? You gotta go along for the ride. This is like the Wizard of Oz meets A Wrinkle in Time meets The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. 
meets an acid trip. It's just, it's terrible. Like, the plot is non-existent. Visually, it was very pretty. There were hints of abfab in it, which was probably the only thing that saved it for me. The only thing that counts? Yeah. Um, but it's it's just... Uh, if there was much of a plot to talk about, I would go there, but there really isn't. There's nuggets of the original Nutcracker in it, but just... If you're looking for a modern remake, don't don't watch this one. Just Google any of the older versions, or better yet, go see the ballet. It, just skip it entirely, because it, it doesn't know what it wants to be. <laughs> Basically, it, it's trying hard to be the Nutcracker, but it's some monstrous amalgamation of sci-fi fantasy. Well, I thought mine was bad, but I guess mine's just, like, horribly bad entertainment. I went with Jack Frost, but no, not the Michael Keaton version. Not that one. The one that came out the year before and straight-to-DVD serial-killing snowman. Oh, yeah, this is the one that's basically, like, Chucky, but it's a snowman. Which is so terribly bad. Now, for anybody who has Shudder... Joe Bob Briggs is showing it on his, like, Big Red Christmas. But, um, basically, basically, your plot is, here's my favorite part. It's a serial killer on his way into execute, like, to his way to execute, to get executed. Let me find my words. And somehow, the truck collides with a genetics truck? Of course it does. Like, yeah, some sort of genetics truck and whatever, like, whatever is in it melts the serial killer and he becomes a snowman. And, I mean, the kills in it are the fucking most hilarious, I mean, it's non, like, plausible. Is this also the movie where he melts to have sex with a woman in a bathtub? He rapes her. Yes. So, okay. Not to like, we're not, um, yes. So it's Shannon Elizabeth's like debut acting gig. And if you don't remember Shannon Elizabeth, she was the foreign exchange student in American Pie that puts like the whipped cream on her. Mm -hmm. Um, pretty gal. But yeah, that is the one. Like, he melts down into her tub and then like has his way with her. But it's just like, so the backstory of it, like, I guess, um, again, if you, I, I encourage everyone to watch Joe Bob Briggs's Red Christmas, but I guess that winter that they had filmed in Big Bear, there was, like, no snow. It was the warmest, like, winter possible. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure they used shaved coconut for, like, everything. Because the snowmen's and, like, all the, like, snow thingies that, like, the people in the village create are very fuzzy. So I'm convinced they use shaved coconut. And my favorite part about this is the snowman doesn't even move. Like, his mouth doesn't even move when he talks. And his body doesn't move. It's just, like, horribly great and wrong. It sounds amazing. I mean, I... You know what? Yeah, but 
I just couldn't. And I guess, like, I don't know how much they made it for, but originally it was supposed to be made into a third. Like, it had... Originally, there was a budget set for, like, $30 million or something crazy like that, and then that fell through, and they just did it as low budget as possible. So, kudos to them for making it work, but it... I think it's a... That and Silent Night, Deadly Night, number two. But that's just me. I mean... I don't know what our other Christmas... I don't know, guys. Let us know what you think is, like, your worst. Yeah. If you have a terrible Christmas movie that you've seen that... Or you want to recommend, yeah, please tell Maybe us. nobody in your circle has heard of. Like, share it with us. We want to know. We are always down for the camp. We're always down for any kind of... Sarah anything is. approaching the, the B genre. We're here for Oh, B, I'll go as low as D. Yeah. yeah Aim so. ever higher. <laughs> so thank you all for listening and making it to our anniversary special. Yes. Um, we appreciate everything, everyone who listens and that you stick with us and hopefully you had a fun time. And just make it. That's all I can say this time of year. Just make it. Yeah. And no one's going to remember if the turkey was perfect. Mm-hmm. Fuck everyone and their merriment. I'll see you guys at the bar. Yeah, Scarlet will be at the bar. Slide into my DMs. I'll tell you where I'll be. Uh, I'll be in my uh, fun-filled hometown of San Jose, California. Ooh. A place that one person quoted told me once, no one is proud to be from. <laughs> um, that's a lie. Nobody's not proud to be from there. Sarah Winchester is proud to be from... She's originally from Connecticut. Never mind. Well, then. (laughs) My Um, bad. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so I'll be with family and surviving. No, it'll be fine. And, uh, Nicole, you'll be with in-laws and... In-laws and and family with my dad. And do me a personal solid, you guys. Hug the people you love this season. Or if you're not a hugger, show show your love in other ways. You know, give them a present, talk to them, give them a call, whatever. Even if it's not your family, if it's your friends and you can't stand your family, whatever it is. Show the people you care about that you care about them. However you do that. Yes. And I'll just leave you with this Christmas nugget. While we were recording, my mother just texted me. She can't find my flight information for Tuesday. (laughs) Can I resend it? I love my mother, but this is every trip I take. It begins. It begins. Yes. And well, with that note, how's the end of that book close? To all a good night. Oh, a happy Christmas to all and to all a good night. There you go. And we will see you guys in 2020. Yes, bringing on the tw- the roaring 2020s. That's right. We're going to Gatsby it big time. Absolutely. Yeah, we are. If you have any suggestions for things you'd like to see in the new year, write us, you guys. Yeah. Tell us what your goals are. Maybe I can, like, bootstrap from that because I still don't know what mine are going to be. There you go. Yeah. Talk to us. We're here. I know. Do people even... I mean, because next year, it's not just New Year's resolutions, but it's the start of a new decade. So it's like, for a lot of people, big time goal setting. Yeah. Anyone hated how this decade treated them? Let us know. 
I mean, I have high hopes that before the end of next year, there'll be many changes in this country. Yes. Mm-hmm. Here, here. Chin, chin. All right, everyone. Stay safe. Stay sane. And like Nicole said, hug or tell the people you love that you love them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because it's important. Just remind them. Send us an email. Bottomshelfbc at gmail.com or find us on Instagram, bottomshelf underscore BC. And there'll be photos as always. You'll even get to see Chester, who kind of probably looks like a Yule cat. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> he does. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you on the other side. Yep. Yeah, Bye. guys. Uh, Merry Christmas. Bye. Bye.